Okay, welcome to another joyous episode of uh, Forever Bristol City podcast. 2023 gets better and better. It's now eight games undefeated. The final score at Deepdale, it finished Preston North End 1, Bristol City 2, our first win there for uh, 12 years. And I think we've played them pretty much every year over that uh, period. So a 2-1 win. Joining me to uh, share the joy, uh, I've got actually sat next to me today is, uh, is Neil and uh, Ian down at uh, Ian Towers down in Somerset somewhere, and Mark over in uh, some suburb of Bristol. You can try, you can try Devon. Devon, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, we're all here. Um, I'll come to each of you as we do. 30-second reflection of the game without going to any of the detail to avoid stealing anybody's thunder. But uh, you first, Neil, since you're sat next to me. What did you think yesterday? Didn't expect a win, did you? Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, we're, we're on this uh, form at the moment and actually going into it, Preston didn't have the best of form at home. And uh, yeah, it's how we carried it through because ultimately, yeah, the form is there, but we still only had two wins in 12 in the, in the league. So we needed three points. We needed to push on in the league and just create that gap and uh, pushing forward. So I thought, you know, we were in with a shout there, actually, yesterday. And the way we started that first half was uh, superb, really. Okay. Uh, really on the front foot. OK. And we'll talk about the second, because less so. Uh, Ian, uh, your thoughts uh, just uh, at, at the highest level? Well, I thought positives from the game was we continued the unbeaten run. More importantly, we won. We picked up three points. Uh it would have been nice if we'd have kept a clean sheet as well because we defended like dervishes and we had to because I thought over the 90 minutes, you'd have to say Preston were the better team because they imposed their style on us, this big diag, and we never stopped them from doing it. And the way the way you... So that meant we really had to defend like dervishes. I should imagine there were a few sore bodies in cut heads, but very welcome win. Uh, but we need to put a run of wins together and drag ourselves even further clear of that bottom three. Okay. Uh, the only the, the the only downside for me was seeing Naismith leave the field. So I hope he's okay. Nigel Pearson said they didn't think it was too bad. He However, said that last time and he was out for a couple of months, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he was out for about six weeks. So you know, fingers crossed on that one because we are better when he's in midfield. Yeah. Okay, Mark, your uh, your thoughts on the game? I mean, Preston were going into that with uh, without a win in five at home. I think it was uh, well four straight defeats. Do we make it a fifth? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I expected us to win because I think there's a buzz about the team after last week. But the game was completely different to West Brom playing a team against a team. We played a high line. We played a team who were physical resorted into dirty tactics and played a diagonal ball that we didn't cope with. Uh, in midfield, we didn't pass the ball well at times, but we were clinical 
Uh, and we'll talk about the one piece of impudent skill that got the second goal that had me and, and F- City fans everywhere and I think Preston fans absolutely purring. We defended very well, but we need to play better, better through the phases if we're going to progress. But it's great progress. We've got a really tight-knit bunch. We've done some good uh, transfer business, I think, with the two, with the two forwards. And it's a tough game next Saturday against Norwich, but it's, we're really going to look forward to that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah you put a post on uh, Otib, Mark, Alex Scott, treasure is outstanding talent. And I think I know the bit that you're talking about there. We always have a star at Preston because they were raving over uh, Hanoa Masengo last year. Their fan Never heard of him. One of his uh, all too rare <laughs> appearances. And, and look what happened to him. And look what happened. And exactly. Look what... Uh, Look what happened to him. But look, the, yeah, the unbeaten run keeps uh, keeps going and it was good. I mean, it was important that we got three uh, three points to push us uh, up. Just how high can we go? We'll talk about that later. And Neil, looking at the lineup, um, the manager, we made one change, which was Pring coming in for Jada Silva. Um, he resisted the temptation to put any of his any of his new signings in the uh, starting lineup. So, a predictable lineup from your perspective, and sticking with a four three three. Yeah, I mean, what what Pearson does is he rewards uh, good performances. Yeah. So, I mean, he's true to his word in that respect, isn't he? The the, the temptation would have been to bring both of them in, or or at least one of them into the into the mix. I mean, the Pring one was just because he was suspended for uh, the West Brom game, wasn't mm. he? Because that doffed FA Cup rule. But um, yeah, I think he rewards performances, and actually the players know on the pitch that if they put in the performance, they're, they're still going to be in the team. So that's the right sort of mentality to have, isn't it? Yeah, Ian, uh, no surprises with the lineup, but strong bench. I mean, if you look at the names on there, I said on... Uh, Twitter or somewhere, that most of those would be first picks for any of the sides in the division without the benefit of parachute payments. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely not. Um, but I and I, I, I replied to your tweet and said that, no, um, I, it was exactly the team and substitutes um, that I thought I thought we'd had because there was, you're not going to change it after a performance like the one against West Brom, apart from bringing uh, Cam Pring back. It was a strong bench. It was much stronger than we've had lately. You know, you look down there and, and there were no kids there, although I, I know the under-21s have got a big game today, but Pearson wouldn't have let, left any of them out of the squad if he needed them. But no, it was it was no surprises. And, and if we go unchanged again versus Norwich, I think I'll be, uh, I'll be quite happy bunny. We just got to make sure that Cal's all right. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. Um Mark, uh, the Preston uh, team, I mean, I think, you know, the, the other guys have said City team really picked itself, but uh, they had, um, you know, they, they've had some uh, mixed fortunes and uh, they've played the loan market. There's that lad, the lap up front. They've got uh, uh, Chet Evans, less said about him, uh, the better. And then uh, Greg Cunningham, we'll talk about him uh, later on. Um, but, you know, that they, they're just above us in the table. They're about four points ahead of us and then they're being reported as four points off the playoff. But, uh, you know, they've fashioned a side together under Ryan Lowe. That, would you want to watch that every week, the way they play? I I was I was surprised uh, how little football they played, uh, to be honest. They've also got Tom Cannon from Everton, I thought was quite useful on the left-hand side, and a guy called Fernandes from Manchester United who came on eight minutes from the end. But it was just very direct uh, with flick-ons from Delap 
and uh, Ched Evans and trying to put us under pressure and, and, and we and we struggled a little bit with that at times. We didn't win a lot of second balls. If we, you know, last week we were winning virtually every second ball against one of the strongest teams in the division. Yesterday we found their physicality very difficult to deal with. But mm. we had we, we played very well in defence. Um, apart from the gold that we'll come to, so yeah, they've got a few loanies in. We haven't, uh, you know, we don't uh, bring loanies in. I think what you were trying to say to Ian was a strong bench in terms of the front line, because you had a, you could you could swap the front three that we had for Cornick, Mimetti, and Vineman. And if you've got Conway, uh, you've got four strikers that you you know that potentially mm. haven't you? So you've got you've got a really nice problem, but we're a little bit lightweight in midfield. And if Naismith's missing for any period of time, he's got a calf injury that's being assessed. The last time he had a calf injury on the fourth of October, he missed nine games. Uh, he wasn't back to the Rotherham game, but he missed nine games between the uh, the Coventry game then and the the Watford game on the eleventh of this, on the eleventh of November. So we had the World Cup break. That's he's yeah. been a big difference in in our in our uptick, uh, playing him in midfield, turning the ball over, and playing those balls through and freeing up the likes of Alex Scott. So we would really miss his uh, his qualities there if he's out mm. for any length of time. Yeah, you see, we're lightweight in midfield, and I just want to stick on that point because Joe came on. He's a good substitute. I mean, Matty James, how how did you think he played yesterday, Mark? You know, in terms of, you know, is, you talk about physicality. I mean, Joe and Matty are, are, are not shirking type of players, and Scott's got the silky skills. I mean, do you need an extra, extra one in midfield to combat that and just maybe play one less striker? Um. I think it's just that if you want to play a four-three-three, we we don't have the personnel. I mean, we've we've loaned Dylan Kadji to Swindon. I think that's good uh, to give him time, but it means we're we fine margins with injuries, and and we haven't seen Andy King, and um, you know, not even any substitute appearances. So you're not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna push push. Zach Viner out of defence isn't it? all no. it's all considering. Well, we we'll talk about that later. He's made, well he's made that his own. Yeah. But the shape of the midfield. side in the closing stages changed as well, didn't it? Yeah, um, well, the midfield, the midfield, the, 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 I think the the, the 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 formation change has made a huge difference in in the way that we in the way that we play through the lines and the, the way that we're, we're drilled and we we defend and attack as a team. Uh, yeah. We seem to be a bit more fluid. I just think yesterday we struggled with the, with their physicality. Some of it was was awful. Uh, to watch, but we just lost a lot of second balls. That was a difference between this week and last week. Okay, that's something we need to sort. Out. And West Brom are a much better side than, uh, uh, than 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 Preston. Neil, the goal it gave City a perfect start. Uh, it was James the uh, orchestrator. I think it was him that put it through. It might have been Naismith. I yeah. thought it was Naismith. Yeah, I stand corrected yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Um, how did you see uh, the goal? It was uh, opportunism by uh, Sykes. Yeah. Opportunism, I think it was Robbie Brady for them. He's not a left back, is he? No. In any shape or form. Don't know what he was and, doing back there. To and, yeah, well, needs must, I'm sure, for, for Preston, but it's one of those horrible Stuart Pearce type moments, isn't it? Mm. Against San Marino all those years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, fair play to Sykes. I'm not his huge biggest fan. I know we've said mm. previously on podcasts, outside his goals, in terms of his overall productivity to the team, 
But he took his opportunity and he took it well, though. He read it, he gambled in a way in which sort of Semenyo in the past with his goals off his arse yeah. has, has done. And if you don't gamble, then you don't get those no. results, do you? No. Ian, uh, we'd be disappointed if we conceded a goal like that, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think any team would. I mean, Robbie Brady is is um, a, a great cross for the ball and he's a good player going forward. But that isn't his, you know, defensive as a wing back isn't his best position. So I think, uh, I mean, the the first goal, yes, they made a mistake, but you've got to be there and you've got to be pressing and you've got to gamble on him making that mistake, which Sykes did. And, and he uh, took it around the keeper very coolly and finished it. Good goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, um, Sykes, he's, I would call him one of the marginal players when you look at the strength that we've got. But, you know, he's got four goals now in four, well, it's not four in four games, I don't think, four is it? Five, is four it? in five, but he's, he's, he's finding the net. He's playing in his preferred position, which, you know, he never was a right wing back. But, uh, you know, he's, he's doing enough to stay in the side, do you think? Yeah, I mean, he seems to be a good finisher. And he was in the right place um, at, the, at the right time. And that's what you want, you know, anticipate the balls coming in the box against Birmingham. Scored two easy goals. Great finish against Swansea to take a through ball. I think it was from Williams in a back-to-front goal. I think it was Bell to Williams. And he's running through the middle. Great, great finish. And yesterday, uh, it was just a bit of a feeder of a ball from Naismith. Wasn't a great ball. And Brady just seemed to stub it and stub his foot into the turf. And... Great from Sykes because it wasn't just the fact that he got on the ball, but the ease of how he took it round the inside of the keeper. He didn't go outside. He went round the inside of him and walked yeah. it in the net. You're thinking, God, this is easy. Uh, yeah. It was an excellent finish. But I just like to see him more. I like to see him and us, you know, be a bit bit braver in the way that um, perhaps we get we get behind or you know you know attack attack the fullback. We he doesn't seem to do a lot of that uh, down the right flank. He did it last week uh, against West Brom. Perhaps the difference was they played a high line, and and you're asking for it if you you know if you make the right runs. Him and Tanner seem to connect very well. But yesterday, I don't think either fullback got forwards. Maybe that didn't help him. But yeah, just to see to yeah. see him and us do a bit more uh, attacking down the flanks. And putting the other team yeah. and put I thought Tanner had another. Pressure. I thought Tanner had another uh, decent game, to be honest. But uh, yeah, in, in defence, we, we had a. Bit, it was a different proposition. You just don't see mm. a lot of that. You associate that style of play with the likes of Rotherham, very direct play. And I think even they're playing a lot more football uh, now through the you know through the thirds. You know, well, Rotherham, the likes of Barley's and, at, uh, at Lane yesterday, I think. Didn't yeah, they? but this yeah. was like. You know, this was like prehistoric compared to some of the football you see in the championship. Yeah. Uh, but there you go, different yeah. proposition, different, yeah. Neil, different game. Neil, um, the home side, as you'd expect, they came back into it getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Max uh, had to do something smart when um, Viner did a bit of a miskick and Brown went close. But the, the save from me that perhaps compensated for an error with the goal that was conceded, which we'll talk about later. But that save where he got down from that very, that was good header by Chad Evans as well, wasn't it? Where he got in and he got a lot of power in that, but Max distinguished himself well there, didn't he? I know that um, we'll come to the to their equalising due course, but who'd be a goalkeeper? Mm. I mean, ultimately, he had a fantastic game yesterday, apart from yeah. the Preston goal. Yeah. Other than that, you know, he claimed the ball his, well, didn't he? 
claimable well comes and spreads himself quite well in, in front of it. I mean, some of those are just hitting the arm, hitting the leg, hitting the, you know, with the saves, are just making yourselves big. And he's not the biggest mm. keeper. He's certainly a couple of inches smaller than Bentley, isn't he, in mm. terms of it. But he just um, he spreads himself uh, spreads himself well. Yeah. Ian, um, we had a, a, a chance of a bit of a respite on the half hour. This was after Naismith had gone off again. It was Sykes putting Scott in the clear. He was fouled in a in a decent position. Didn't cover ourselves with glory with a free kick, or did we? It hit the wall if it hadn't took that deflection. Did you think, well, that free kick and our place kicking in general yesterday, was it was it a marginal improvement on what we've seen? No. No, I mean, our, our, our set pieces, our attacking set pieces are dreadful. We've got a lot better at defending set pieces, corners and things like that. But uh, no, our, our delivery from those things is just really bad. Um, I can't remember the last time we, we scored with a direct free kick or we scored from outside the box, to no. be honest. And probably, our probably shooting overall, was <laughs> well, Joe, Joe Williams had a, uh, had a go, didn't he, yesterday? And, and every commentator, well, that, yeah, that was really close. It was two meters wide of the goal. Yeah. You know, it, it, Joe Williams' shooting is dreadful. I mean, he, he, he's got some goals, but I mean, let's be honest, they've been from about three feet. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, when you look at the team, we can play 100% better than we did yesterday. Mm. It, it was a battling performance. We got the three points. I couldn't agree more. Blimey, it was a hard watch and, and real nail-biting stuff, wasn't it? Particularly the second half. But, you know, we can improve so much that team. You know, we don't need to go out and sign seven new players. No, no, we don't. We can improve from where we are. I thought it was the wrong game. Um, I was, you know, some people have said, well, why didn't you get... Mametti on. I thought I think that'd have been the wrong game to get him on, get him involved in yesterday. It'd be better when you play a footballing team like Norwich, who would compress and they try and play out from the back and all this, then I think he, you you know, it'd be more chance of of coming into the team. And he can play two or three positions. He, he could play where Sam Bell played yesterday, where Mark Sykes played, where Alex Scott played. So and and we'll we'll see him in we'll see him in plenty of time. We'll probably um, see him on the pitch for some minutes in the next two home games that are coming up. I would think. I would have thought so. And, and, and the way our the way our home good. record the way our home record is, um, I was I was a bit surprised. I, I, I looked at our home record our, over the last six, and we've picked up five points out of eighteen in the league. Mm. Uh, and I think the cup wins of. Tended to skew it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they the rose tinted specks of the cup yeah, well, wins. And we're talking so about we're talking about that, the cup. But we've we've got to win games, and this unbeaten, unbeaten's great. But you could be unbeaten all season and get relegated. Forty six goals. Yeah. Oh, we've won four and drawn four. Okay, Mark. Uh, the second goal, you 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 were eulogising, if that's the right word, uh, on on uh, Otib, as I've said. Uh, Take it, take us, take us through that goal, and I'll let the other other uh, chaps comment on it as well. But uh, talk, talk us through it in a manner that, in other podcasts, I've denied Ian because I've talked about it myself, and he said, "What can I say?" So, <laughs> over to you, Mark, for your uh, detailed uh, enjoyment of uh, the goal. I mean, it wasn't scored by Scott, but over to you. Oh, thank you, David. 
Uh, very nice introduction. It's a throw-in by George Tanner, uh, halfway inside our half. Throws it forward to uh, to Scott. And then it's headed up in the air, headed backwards and forwards. Scott chests it down, flicks it round the corner, a couple of chops, takes out two players. But he not only does that, dribbling away, he plays a slide rule pass next right right along the line to Wells and he's behind Robbie Brady. So he's in acres of space, attacking the line, sweeps the ball across the box, Sam Bells at the far post to knock it in. Absolutely brilliant counter-attacking goal. But the actual skills from, from Alex Scott are there to be treasured. The ball control, the vision... And he did something a little bit similar against Blackburn, where he was deep in his own half in the right channel. And he played the ball to Vyman, although Vyman had to do a lot more. He had to put the, he had to kick the ball around a, uh, around the player to, to free up the space. But he not only, you know, he, he chests the ball down. He, he plays the ball, flicks, you know, like a Cruyff turn with the outside of his foot stuck to the line. But the ability, not just the ability to get out of, you know, to beat two players. Uh, dribble past two players, but to play the ball so deftly down the line, twenty yard pass. Mm. You know, you're just purring at that. And if you can protect him, you know, in the middle of the pitch, with two good, you know, two midfield players are doing their work, like we saw against West Brom last week. You know, where Naismith was turning the ball over and freeing up the space for for Alex, where he's playing a little bit further forward. He'll he'll run riot. Every game's a little bit different, but that is just there to be treasured. Yeah. It was beautiful to watch. Lovely, yeah. Neil. That goal came at the perfect time as well, didn't it? Because mm. we'd been. Well, yeah, they've been dominant, but to go in with a 2-0 lead, you can take a bit more of a, a, a relaxed dressing room at half-time when you prepare for the second half. So it was the perfect time to get it because we've been under pressure even in the minutes leading up to that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, one of the impressive things about uh, Scott's passing is that he actually reads where the person is running. So it's not a question of hitting the player because if he... Passed it into Wells. Wells still would have had to have gone round the left back. Mm. What he does with a number of his passes when you watch it is he plays it into the space in front of the player. So the player's already on the move. Yeah. He does this a number of times. He reads it in a similar way to De Bruyne. Mm. When you see De Bruyne hit the pass, he can see the run, he can see the movement, and he can judge the pace on the ball to the degree that the person doesn't have to break their stride and doesn't have mm. to take their run. He's only 19, isn't he? Well, that was and, and that's the impressive element. You're, you're buying potential, but there can't be too many players of his ilk at 19 in the championship. And if you were watching that, you'd be thinking, he's, you know, the easy thing in that situation is to play the easy ball. He doesn't always play the easy ball. Sometimes, you know, there are some games where he doesn't have great games. Mm. And he people, lost people, gave people, the ball people, away a few times yesterday yeah, as well, didn't people, he? People eulogise about Alex Scott, but we've seen games this season where he's not been great. No, I you know. So, But that's what you get with youth. But when he is on his game, you see a player, don't you? Well, you and see yeah. somebody that probably could be worth £25 million to a Premier Because basically, look, if, Bour- if, if, Bournemouth if you lost yesterday, if you they're going coach. down. So, so they, they played... They're a championship side in waiting that have just used some of their parachute money to get Semenyo now in the hope of goals. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think with Scott, I think the Man City game is huge for him. Mm. It's an opportunity for him to play against Premiership 
players mm. and to demonstrate how we would cope. And I'm sure that there would be a number of scouts out there or a number of teams out there that are like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. Putting Alex Scott up against premiership quality players. Let's see how he does against the mm. champions in that. But it, it was his 10th booking yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, possibly. No, I think it was his 10th. It was his 9th. Was his ninth? Yes, his ninth. So he's, so he's one off, isn't he? Yeah, he's, is he he's, one he's, off? Well, he won't want to. He's, yeah. he's either got to get booked the next game and miss Wigan or whatever because he won't want to miss a Man two City match, game. Two match. Back. He won't. He won't miss the Man City game unless I think Dave Feathers has come up with this on uh, um, on Otib. I think if only only if he gets sent off, is it? It, it, it won't. Is be it a two match bound for ten bookings? Two yeah, but league match. only. It should be. I think it's standalone in in the cup competitions unless he gets a. A straight, a straight red. That I think that's what Dave Dave was saying. <laughs> so if he gets a yellow mark, we hook him as within about five minutes. Then that's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he. Uh, he. I think he, he. I mean, it's likely. Law of averages says he. I don't know when. There's usually a moratorium in there uh, in March. If you. Yeah. Uh, least and, and last then, few get probably the last dozen games. So, All right. Yeah. Ian, law of averages says he's he's probably going to miss a game. Unfortunately. In the the pass, you can talk about the pass, but also. Sam Bell. I mean, you said it. I said it too. You know, about six weeks ago, we were saying he looked like a little boy playing in man's football. But you know, he's got another goal, another accomplished finish. Your thoughts on the Scott and Bell? Because while he keeps on like that, he ain't going to get left out of the side, is he? Sam's a goal scorer, and he needs chances. If he, if he gets chances, he'll score. I said last week he's a, he's a better finisher than Antoine Semenya will ever be. Um, it's just a question of whether we can as a team we can create enough chances for them mark was eulogizing about alex scott and that pass he played down the line wells made a brilliant run bent his run in behind to keep himself on side and get in front of the central defender who was really struggling and away goes away goes naki perfect cross weight timing everything was absolutely perfect about it and Okay, Sam Bell had a what some people would call a tap in. He's, I've seen plenty of them go over the bar. Yeah, plenty. So, mm. we, but the game yesterday wasn't the best use of Sam's talents because he's pacey. I think we need to get him into the middle more. For example, against Norwich, we need to play that four-one-three-two formation. So he's in there with Naki. And um, we can get balls in between their in in behind them and in between their defenders, and Sam can make the diagonal run onto the straight ball and vice versa, and and I think that is where you utilise him in best. He, he he's not he's not the biggest, he's not the best defender. He'll get stuck in, um, but on that dropping back into the left hand side, he's not going to give you perhaps the value there that Antoine would because he was much bigger and stronger. Mm. Um, and um, and probably, I don't say he's as quick as Sam, but Antoine's pretty, he's plenty quick enough. Yeah. So that that game yesterday didn't, and Pearson said the same after the game. He called it an ugly game, and I totally agree with him. Um, it, it wasn't a game to suit our skillful players, but when we're playing against, hopefully, the likes of Norwich, who who play out from the back and got caught out badly doing it uh, yesterday. Mm. But they play out from the back, and and we can be we can have that intense pressing style and try and play through them and utilize if we can get them up the pitch, and onto the halfway line and we can get the ball in behind them, we can beat any side in this division if we can get them in that position. But 
have enough of the ball and win enough second balls to get the ball through them so we can utilise that that pace, that running in behind and little quick moves around the edge of the box as well. Sam's very good at that. And he's got two decent feet. So, yeah, yeah I'm very, very pleased for both of them. And it's nice to see, you know, against West Brom, our, our goals were scored by a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old. And yeah. that's, as I've said many a time, my dream is, you know, 11 Bristolians playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Never going to happen. Four, but... four Bristol City, not for 11, 11, 11 other, other clubs. Teams. All right. Um, Mark, uh, the Max blotted his copybook with uh, the goal. Um, talk us through it as you saw it. Well, I think it's just Ryan Ledson. Um, he's about 30 yards out and he just plays a speculative shot. And Max tries to grab it in the bread basket and makes a complete arse of it. Just uh, didn't get his hands to it, just bounces off his stomach and Evans just sweeps it in. I think if he, you see his reaction to it, I don't know if he, he's he's cursing himself or cursing the fact that he feels that there was no there were no defenders there to uh, to check the run of Evans. But it's something he should have saved comfortably nine, 99 times out of a hundred. He 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 holds that in, he pulls that into his chest and it it's over, and it it changed from a really comfortable game uh, into a battle in the last half hour because mm. despite the fact that we were probably losing it. Uh, on the physicality and, and miles behind on the possession, we were still quite comfortable, um, you know, in terms of defence. So yeah, it was a it was just a bad mistake, unfortunately. Yeah, nearly be disappointed with the goal, wouldn't he? Yeah, it just demonstrates uh, one of the things that annoys me about City. Actually, we just don't shoot enough. Um, we get in around the box, thirty yards out, twenty five yards out, where, but we always tend to go left and right, don't we? We we don't shoot, and yet. Against Blackburn, Viner gets in that position. He has to shot. The keeper mm. does a little bit of the spell. Kaminsky, who was decent up until that point, just like Max yesterday, and Semenyo sweeps it in. Mm. If you don't shoot, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Goalkeeper might be having an absolute blinder, like Max is doing. But Ledson, Ledson in that position, he decides, I'm going to have a try from there. We, we don't do enough of that. Mm. I, don't, I don't think we test the keeper enough in games. Um, from, from that position, because who knows what's going to happen? It might kick up off the thing, might get a deflection. Keeper also, might do a a spill like Kaminsky did for us against Blackburn yeah. at home, or or yesterday with Max, and we don't do enough of it. Yeah, Ian, do you agree with that? I mean, yesterday Preston had seventeen shots, six of them on target. We had six, three on target. I mean, uh, yeah, should we be shooting more, and testing the keeper? Yeah, I mean, we we. We need more than three efforts on target in ninety minutes, unless we are so clin- unless we're so clinical, we get the lot, and 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 that is, you know, even your even your top sides don't score with every effort on target. So, yeah, we 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 need to shoot more. Our shooting from outside the box is is let's be honest, is pretty wretched, um, and and we need to, as I said before, we need to play through teams. But yeah, Max threw that one in the net, but he also made at least two absolutely top-class saves. I mean, the one in the second half where the shot's across him and and he's got to get a strong left hand to it and deflect it wide, Yeah, and he does yeah. that. that. That's a wonderful save. So, yeah, yeah. And his general goalkeeping, I mean, uh, uh, the way I, I described it yesterday is it, that 
mistake took him took him down to only eight out of ten from a ten yeah. out of ten yeah. performance. But he's general. Yeah, and you can see in. why he's forced out Dan. Be- you could see why as he's growing into it. Why there's no place for Dan Bentley, can't you? Now, well, Pearson's, you know, Pearson's got confidence in him, hasn't he? Yeah, and and hopefully the club. I haven't seen anything officially, but hopefully the club have taken up uh, the option on his contract and also that of Zach Viner because they're both out of, out of contract in the summer. And I'm hoping, like I said, I haven't seen anything on the official site, but I'm hoping the club has taken up the option on um, Zach and uh, Max O'Leary. And they're obviously a couple of players that have been offered new contracts. And let's hope they sign them because um, they're, they're both players that we absolutely need to keep hold of. Yeah. Yeah, talking about Zach and, and Pring, I mean, there was a chance where the pair of them combined to uh, rob the lap in the closing uh, stages of the game. But uh, we saw it out. And I know when the final whistle, I mean, six minutes of injury time, the referee did seem to lose control of it. Uh, but six minutes of uh, injury time, when the final whistle did go, uh, I noticed that the lads, some of them, they were just flat on their back because they had... Uh, given their all. So a lot to be said for that. Okay, plenty of other stuff to talk about. Um, Can't go, though, without uh, talking about uh, Greg Cunningham. Uh, Mark, uh, he raked Naki's uh, legs with one tackle and then went down. Was it all in the same movement and went down as though he'd been shot by a sniper? Or was it about a couple of minutes after that when Naki did wrap his arm around him? And he was then taken off Naki, wasn't he, before he was sent off? I think that's where that was going. And he's he's got a form like that, Cunningham, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it was down in, in our right in our right back channel, and I think there was a throw in being taken, and he he just stuck his studs, scraped them down the back of uh, Naki's calf, and it's right in front of the referee. And I don't know if that was on the assistant referee's side of the side of the pitch, but it's I mean, it's unbelievable. He must know he's not he's not up and around, uh, you know, because he you know he what he, he's doing he's doing a dance. I mean, the stupid thing was Naki went, and then he went and pushed Cunningham over, and he went, yeah, he, he you know, he went down like he was, he'd been slapped by a, a chap, you know, a, a, an heavyweight boxer. But he, so he got, he got a booking, nothing for, uh, nothing for Cunningham. And then two minutes later, it was an aerial challenge. I think his arm just came across. Um, it was in a natural position, and Cunningham went down, holding his face as though he'd been, he'd, he'd received an uppercut again. So yeah, I think it was, it, it threatened to spill over. There was also an awful challenge in the middle of the pitch after that from uh, from Ched Evans, where he grabbed Alex Scott down down the neck, threw him down, and then stamped on it on the back of his leg as well. It's just so blatant some of this stuff, some of the off the ball stuff. You think if you thought it disappeared with Alex Neal, think again, it's still there. It's endemic uh, you know, to the it, people. It seems, in, seems endemic, and no Daniel Johnson either. I mean, it's not like no, it's Daniel no. Johnson this time. You can't even get on. Anyway, he was on. He was on the bench. He was on the bench because he always been a thorn in our side. But uh, yeah, but, but but there we go. Um, okay, so that was it. The game. Okay, we got we got um, three points. Let's um, um, talk, uh, Neil, about the window. I mean, it's the best window we've had. I mean, we cleared a lot of players out. Yeah, and as Ian said on more than one occasion, you know, there's not this big. We've almost done a lot of the reset in January rather than in. Uh, in um, in the summer, what did you think of the uh, the window overall and the incomings? What was it? Eight out? Have I got that right? Mark will correct me. Yeah, eight out. Mark was eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ian. Um, eight 
Eight out, two in. <laughs> right, okay. We were talking before about how thin the squad is. Yeah. <laughs> well, three in because you got it was Haken, oh, yeah, three Mimetti. in. Yeah, no. Is that point. the right pronunciation, Mimetti? Uh, yeah. We'll go with it for the moment. Yeah, I got yeah. that right. Good. I, I, um, I call him Manis. Yeah, and yeah. Cornick, not Conic. Cornick, yes, as, yeah. as in Harry yeah. Connick. Yeah, I think it's Harry Aribles, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got we bought we two players in. I think the Mometi one was interesting, wasn't it? The Cornick mm. one makes sense. I think the Curry and O'Brien that they were linked for, obviously that was something they were looking at for the summer. And then they find themselves in a situation where, you know, because Antoine's gone, bring it forward. Not unlike the Cornick situation, which obviously was with Naismith last mm. summer. So I think the three of them, and probably the Mometi one, I was quite surprised about the Mometi one, though, the fact that, yeah, okay, Alexander, the new CEO, was at Wickham, he would have been aware, but then the agent would have been aware of that buyout mm. clause and put it around to quite a few clubs. Mm. And it's interesting that nobody else got into that advanced stage that we did. You know, when it, when it came out and then uh, they were set, a few journalists said, oh, now there's a few other clubs in." And I thought, well, hopefully we've got such an advanced stage, and fortunately we had, mm. that it was never an option that, you know, we had a pick of three or four clubs. We are light, but the players that have gone weren't going to play, were they? No. So, you know, it's hardly as if they were in the 18, hardly as if they were on, well, other than Bentley, obviously. But they weren't on a bench. And, of course, if Curry had come in, we would have got De Silva would have gone as well. Yeah, because he was going to go so, to... Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think to. we've done it. We've we, yeah. we've obviously taken a hit on financially on... Um, close and close, Martin. Close and Martin coming to that mutual because, that, you know, even if even if it's mutual agreement, realistically, it's still probably about 80% of what they were going to have anyway. Well, then, what would you say that's cost us? Because they're contracted to the oh, end of God. June. So that's, call it, call it 20 weeks. Call it, call, yeah, call it 20 weeks. And the combined wages of those two, 15 grand, probably more than that, the combined. Around that sort of money. Call it 20. It's cost us, <laughs> it's cost us, it's cost us between no. three and 400,000 quid, I would say, to pay off those two Yeah, contracts. but it's stuff that you would have budgeted anyway. But of you, course. By, by, by doing it, you've... you've but they're you, out. They're you, not, you've they're not you've feature, allowed Martin. So it's, 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 I'm quite surprised that nobody's come and picked Martin up. I was going to say away. that as well. Uh, Ian, do you agree with me that that's probably the cost of letting close... And Martin go, like, you're not going to get any minutes on the pitch with them, but you've paid off their contract, you've done some sort of deal, but, you know, 300,000 quid, would you say? Straight cash? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the other cost you've got to include is because we couldn't bring the lad in from uh, Wimbledon, we've hung on to Jada Silva, and that's going to cost us, in terms of the wages and the loss fee, that alone will probably cost us something like 250 to 300 grand between now and the mm. end of the season. Um, so that's another cost. But then again, we, we we didn't have to pay any of the money to Wimbledon, and we can revisit that one in the summer, which is, I think, what Brian Tinian said. Is that allowed out of contract in the summer, Ian, or not? No, no. no he's so recently, we, could have, we could have taken a view. Well, hang on. He's, oh, got, on. he's got 18 months left as of now, so he's going to have about a year left. We'll, I think we'll get him in the summer if, if, if we want him or if, we haven't moved on to somebody else. The, apparently, the, the lad wanted to come. His agent wants him to come. And then at the, the 11th hour, Wickham, uh, Wickham Wimbledon. Uh, Wimbledon said, oh, yeah, but we're keeping him till the end of the season. And at that point, 
City went, well, hang on a minute, we're off then. Um, they wanted him to be loaned back, didn't they? They suddenly said we want a loan back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah they, wanted him, yeah, they wanted him loaned back. That's exactly, sorry to talk cross exactly here, but what wasn't I, I sorry to talk across. What wasn't there a situation that they said six hundred and you loan us back or one point two and you can have him now, which just to me sounds well no, take it, no taking a proverbial, isn't it? Well, no one in their right mind would go for that. I don't know if that's real. Well, we, and the thing about Mametti's uh, this rumoured buyout clause at Wickham, it is just that. It's a rumour. It's not been confirmed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it likely, I, I, I would think we may pay up to a million, but up to's are two of the world's largest words because yeah. up, up to 40 million can be as, as little, well, I say as little in football terms, as little as, 15 million up front and the rest over four years. Yeah. Uh, so we, we just, just need to, I, I, I was, I was pleased with the signings. I think if we'd have got the center back and the left back in, uh, it would have been would have a been 10 perfect. out of 10. Would have been perfect. As it is, I'm giving it a cautious seven. Yeah. Ian, just on that with the player. And if, if he'd have come in, then Jay would have gone. Yeah. He would have come in on a lower wage than Jay, probably half the wages that's Jay. But if Jay had gone to, I can't remember if it was Cov or Birmingham, would Cov Jay have, Cov, would he have gone and would we have got a fee or was it you have him for nothing? And no, we, the deal was that we'd, we'd get the same as we got with Bentley, Wolves nom, nominal, they call it nominal, but nominal can be 100,000, 200,000 to a Premier League club. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it would have been. What's in it for Jay? Would he have moved for this if he'd have gone to Cov? Would well, he'd he have, have got a contract, wouldn't he? Yeah, but he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have got the money that we were paying. I him. think we still. Well, he's he's not going to get the money that we were paying him. No, because uh, don't forget price. if he'd have, if he'd have gone to Coventry, um, he'd have got a signing on fee, and he'd have probably signed a three and a half year contract. Okay. All right. The only reason why I ask that question is that we could have. Yeah. It would be nice to, you know, okay. You just said, or somebody said that Wimbledon said, "Yeah, one in now it's one point two million. Yeah, well, you're not taking our pants down anymore, guys. Yeah. But for if you you said a million at the eleventh hour, and then Jay goes and everything, and then because we save a bit on Jay, yeah, and we've got the fee, which we were going to spend anyway, because we're not going to get him any cheaper in the summer, are no, we? That's the Dave. That's that's exactly the point I'm making. That, that Jay De Silva not going out, I don't think it's going to affect us from a football perspective because no, no. he's a perfectly good left back. Yeah. So it, it won't affect us from a football perspective. The thing about, oh, well, if you double your offer, you can have him now. I, is that true? Doesn't sound true to me. And, and I don't no. think anybody in their right mind would do that. Well, and that he probably won't be, trying it on. Yeah. He, well, he won't be anything like a million pound um, in the summer. He's a no. he's a fourth division left back for Christ's sake. I mean, we I think we paid about up to four hundred for George Tanner, and he's another mm. George Tanner. So, and and the thing that bothers me when when people come in from League Two and please God that it doesn't happen if we do sign the lad, is they get injured because their level of fitness is nowhere near ours. Yeah, and that no, just shows seen, the gap, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you've yeah. seen it with you've seen it with Tanner. Double hamstring, did two hamstrings, mm. um, and you saw it with um, you've seen it now with uh, Kane Wilson done his knee. Yeah, yeah. 
So I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, the step up from League Two, it doesn't seem so bad League One up to the Championship, but League League Two up to the Championship, especially for young players, I I think it's it's an absolutely mammoth step. Yeah, no, definitely. Mark, uh, I guess you're happy with the uh, window as well, so we don't want to dwell on that too much. But uh, in a word, uh, the window, Ian gave it a cautious seven. What would you give the window from your perspective? Ins and outs, on balance, look at the total thing. I, I think I agree with Ian. It'd be interesting to see what Mamedi does. Uh, He's obviously the maverick, isn't he? Yeah, well, he, he made 29 tw- championship appearances two seasons ago when they were there. Scored three goals this season. He's got nine goals and three assists. That's pretty decent return. 22 years old. Plenty of potential there. Apparently, he's an yeah. exceptional trainer. So let's mm. hope he, he's able to uh, settle down and uh, and hit the ground running. And, and it'll be exciting to see his development because yeah. at the moment, yeah, we're not moving at a, a massive pace, but things are moving forwards. We got the chance, we got some momentum, and next Saturday is going to show us where we are as a team. I think. Yeah. Uh- and I'll come back about team for next Saturday as well in a moment. But sticking with you, Mark, um, you know, the draw number 13, Bristol City will play <laughs> Manchester, whatever their number was, Manchester yeah. City. What did you yeah, think for, when you heard that? Um, I was I was excited. Uh, I thought that's fantastic. I think <laughs> from an unfortunate point of view, I want us to get in the sixth round, and it's the most difficult tie that you could that you there because they're they're the favourites to win it uh, with our with Arsenal out, um, and they play a strong team. You know, whatever they Pep Guardiola is known for wanting to win every competition he's in, yeah. and I think the only really bad game I've seen in the play this season was against Southampton in the uh, in the quarterfinals of the the Carabao Cup when they were frankly awful. They can have off nights. Remember when Wigan beat him about three or four seasons ago yeah. uh, at the D, at the DW Stadium? It's not impossible, but they will be favourites to win. What I want us to see us do is try and play football and take take chances like we did when we played against Manchester United. Yeah. They will give you space to play, but um, it's going to be a mammoth task. But what we do know uh, is it's going to be a full house. Uh, but obviously... Well, is it? Is it? Gonna cost... I mean, the main no, reason, I think it will do. The, well, the joy I, of getting it because I don't realise until I... Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the, the pricing and I had a look this morning and I went, oh... And yeah. my sister had mentioned the price of corporate hospitality. Yeah, well, and I it's don't four hundred and twenty that... quid for corporate hospitality, including three hundred, three hundred, three hundred in the Heineken plus VAT. Right, that's four hundred yeah, and twenty quid. Right, because you can't claim that yeah. VAT on what is entertaining. All right, so well, do Heinz do caviar now? Can you get price caviar? Well, no, the food in there as good as it used to be. So I'm told, as you know, I don't do that. But just for me to get my pensioner ticket, and (laughs) Melanie is coming with me to this game. She said so. That's good. That's going to cost me ninety three quid, forty eight plus forty three. To be honest, my view is, you know, when you go to the Hippodrome, if um, Abba were going to be in concert at the Hippodrome or at the Beacon, (laughs) let's not talk about that. Uh, If Abba were going to be in concert. Uh, real life Abbott, obviously they don't do it anymore, but you would pay a lot more than watching the gang show. So Ian, uh, sorry, Mark, sticking with you, do you, do you think the club uh, is right for people to criticise the club or are we right to exploit the fact that we're playing one of the best teams in Europe and you know they're the sort of prices that would be charged if we were in the Premier League, yeah? 
Yeah, I think we. I've, I, you can't. You can't argue with it. I mean, I gasped when I saw that my my ticket is going to be ninety one percent more than it cost me for on average for my lead ticket five two nine uh, for a Lansdowne wing twenty three pound a game. I'm paying to pay forty four. But yeah, they got as much money out of it because of FFP, because of coming out of COVID. We, we're desperate for the money. We yeah. get forty five percent the gate receipts, and then we're playing. I think for a quarter of a million prize money if we if we win, having won uh, about a quarter of a million prize money so far after winning the third and fourth yeah. round. So yeah. yes, we got to do it. It'd be nice if if um, Ian, I don't know if Ian or Neil could just come up with an estimate of how much we're likely to get plus the TV money. Because uh, I do we share the TV money with Man City? We share four. I got a feeling receipts, that the home club keeps the TV money. I think yeah. I don't know. No, I'm, what do I'm we not get? How many, thousand, like, how many hundreds I, of thousands is it? Do we know? I don't know. I but I'm not going to ask Neil. Well, how much are we going to make? Yeah, but uh, well, I Ian, have you got a rough idea? What do you think? I think we get hundred grand. So mm. for the TV money, then, like Mark said, there's two hundred fifty grand prize money. Then we get forty five percent of the gate money. Um, I don't know exactly, and I think all the commercial stuff we keep. Right. Well, so, I just done a know, quick if calculation. You, if you bundle it all together, I, I suppose if we won the game, and that's a massive if, but if we won the game, um, and and it, it it's got to be settled on the night. It don't go to replays now. Um, we we could come out of it with five six hundred thousand. I just done a quick calculation just looking at if you said there's 25,000 people in there and the average price is 50 quid, yeah? Because that's sort of, maybe it's not quite as much. Well, as well, no, the average price won't be anything like that. Dave. All right, 40, <laughs> no. 40 quid. Those 40 prices include VAT, Of course, yeah, all right. You're in the Say the average, all right, the average price, because some people are paying a lot of money, but it's a very yeah. small number. That's the corporate hospitality. But if the average price is 20 quid, 25 no, be about 30, 30 to 35 quid, I think. Call it yeah. 30, 25,000 people at 30, 750,000, 40% of that is uh, about 350,000 quid, something like that. Yeah, so 350 plus the TV money is worth, as Ian rightly said, half a million, well, 600,000 pounds. When, when I looked at it for my four tickets, it's 156 quid. And then I thought, Whoa. and then I thought, we went to go and see Les Mis at the Bristol Hippodrome. Yeah. Uh, and that was 300. I know. Because it didn't. Well, you saw that in the first half of the season, Neil. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Last few seasons yeah. at home at Lame Miz. Yeah. And then, um, and then the, um, you're just thinking about, and then when Elton John played down the gate, yeah. and, they, and they used to email me saying, oh, you can sit in your seat and watch Elton John, 160. Quid. I know. And I thought, well, this is the price that it this is, is Man City. And it's in the cup. I've seen a load of season ticket holders on social media selling there, saying, DM me, I can't make the game, 30 quid, and I'll buy the tickets and we'll do the deal. Yeah. So people are profiteering out of it already because they know people will come out. They, I can't make it to the game, but chuck me 30 quid and I'll uh, get a ticket. Well, in the, day, in, the, in the day, back in the day, I used to have only for about two seasons, and this is, what, 15 years ago, I used to have a season ticket at Malaga. You came with me once, Ian, didn't you, when we were over there? Yeah, I did. And people used to buy season tickets, and it was never full, but they bought the season tickets because they would sell their ticket for the Real Madrid game 
on the market, on the open market, for the equivalent of what their whole season ticket would cost, just because well, everybody wants to see just live, t- live football tickets. I mm. take my youngest up to Man City, so, uh, Man United sometimes, because it's a big Man United fan. You've got a live football ticket. Those are season tickets that you're buying, aren't they? Yeah. With the, yeah. with the premium. Yeah. So all of these Premier League clubs, I, I went to the uh, Olympic Stadium, see West Ham a few times every year. So that's a mate's season ticket. And yeah. what, what you do, if you can't make it, you sell it back to the club. Yeah. The club pay you X amount of money and then puts it yeah. on resale itself. Yeah. yeah, well, I've done my Jess Park as well on somebody's drive and I got in there mm. and I bet they cancel it like 48 <laughs> hours before and screw me over, but I got it for £4.50. So yeah, anybody who's listening, if you don't do Just Park and you're fed up with paying extortionate prices, mm. get the Just Park app on your phone, but don't park anywhere near Blackwood Close or whatever it's called because i got a few little places up there that I use. Or by the or by the flats that are where the bowling alley is. You're screwed now, aren't you? You're screwed now. Yeah, yeah, everybody's going to get just parked. Just, just one thing, David. Yeah. Aren't we Aren't we going to have a full allocation uh, for, of 27 for that? No, I uh, used to. Yeah, but we never... It'd be nice for 27. I, so. I don't think, Mark, just to the point, and to Ian, you know the new disabled sections that have come in? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Other well, people probably the Lansdowne, from my position in E32, looking across, I think we've lost some seating in the Lansdowne with the <clears throat> new there, and I think on the Dolman side as well. Mm. So I don't think our actual capacity is 27K anymore. Well, we'll see. I, we'll see. Well, we'll see. It, what never I, is, I, it never was for football. And it never, yeah. It's yeah. About, 20, about 25 and a half because of segregation. Uh, yeah, we, but I think the only time we had 27 was against, well, we've had it for the Manchester United and Man City. Uh, Wasn't that uh, like 26 and a half or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's I'm never going to be sure, 27. We had that, that game yeah. against Birmingham at the end of the season, five years or six years ago now, and that was the biggest league crowd. And then you got the two Manchester games that we but had. They put the new well. disabled sections in, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. The front of oh, both, one question I've got to ask you, and when you come up from Axminster in Devon, bearing in mind we've got this green <laughs> football thing, are you going to yeah. get on the train and come up on the train to reduce your carbon footprint? No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, look, if you, if you, if, where did that come ready? from? No, it's just that I saw something. I was listening to so something that was going have, on in so, the background. Well, let's let's follow this through because um, what I'd have to do instead of, of, of driving my um, efficient car because I don't have to pay anything. Um, to go into Bristol in the admission zone because my engine is clean and efficient, but we'll leave that to one side. I'd have to take a train. I'd probably have to get from Axminster somehow into... I'd probably have to go to Exeter or Taunton, then get another train up to Bristol, bearing in mind, and this is assuming that there's no strikes. Then I'd have to get from... Temple Meads to Ashton Gate. Uh, on, I've done that loads of times, but oh, I'm not doing it now. No. Um, and uh, then I'd have to get back. Now, then they said, oh, well, what you could do when this new Portis Head line is, and it takes you takes you almost right into the ground. Fantastic. Yeah. So what time's the last one back? Well, we don't know. So, well, if, if I want to go out after the game, let's say I want to go out and see some friends and have something to eat after the game. Um, you have got some friends in here, that some people on podcast yeah. will be glad to know that. Well, got no, me. I have. I, oh, I've, I, and, you know, I only pay them a small amount of money to be my friend. Um, but no, I mean, it's just totally inconvenient. And it's like when they say, well, share your car with four other, what have I got to do? Like go around Axminster and trying to pick up 
four people who want to go and see the city play. I know people. Yeah, I'd, go, I'd take a I'd take a loud hater, Ian. I think that that would help. People, yeah, just shout out people, the window. I know people with season tickets who, who who live in Bristol who are who don't go to the uh, to a lot of the home games for for reasons best known to themselves because they're just. They've just been fed up with oh, it. They'll, now, be back. They? they'll be coming back now. They'll be coming well, back. Well, we, we we'll don't, don't we ever own so. their ticket. Also, well, look, I mean, it's going yeah. to be a great. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a great evening. But between now and then, we got some matches to get out the way. Now, the next two just very, just very this, quickly. Go on. I just looked back at those two attendances from Man City and Man United, and I was surprised. So, so sorry about that. Twenty six thousand and three for the Man City game, and twenty six thousand and eighty eight for the Man City United yeah, game. Yeah. So it wasn't quite full capacity. And have a look back for that Birmingham City game when Harry Redknapp and Steve Cotter were in charge, and we didn't show up on the day, and we lost one nil, and it mm. kept Birmingham up. Have a look at that while we're talking. All right. Um, Right, the next, I said the sequence of games starting with Preston, which was Preston away, Norwich home, Wigan home. I thought draw, draw, win would be acceptable. Yeah. Mm. And we started with a win. So we're two points ahead of that. Norwich got gubbed 3 uh, 0 at home to Burnley. Um, it's not going to be an easy game uh, next week, Neil, is it? And we'd take a draw now for that, wouldn't we? Well, Norwich are one of those. No. Oh, what? <laughs> so Wave the already. white flag, David. Wave the white flag. No, I'm trying to balance this. I'm going to say no, something else. No, in a I, thought you're going to, I thought you were going to use that annoying. It's a free ride type thing there. It's a free, free hit. hit. It's a free, free hit. hit. Free hit because we beat Preston yesterday. <laughs> God, I hate that. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go into Mel. Actually, I, I did. I, I wrote it. it off the other week. To be fair, when we looked at that, the next three games, I, 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 I said that it would be a home. I thought it'd be a, a an away win. So yeah, I've, I, I thought that. But uh, yeah, carry on. Oh, you thought? Neil? What did you, <laughs> no, what did you, all right. Well, next week against Norwich, not easy, but yeah, not easy. But I'm, I'm looking at them at the moment. They're in tenth. Yeah, they're Eighth. in six points. Tenth. Are they? Yeah. Tenth, twenty nine games, forty two points. We're only we're only six points behind Norwich. Norwich have um, yeah. lost one, one two beforehand, then lost. God, blimey! Look at their form. Jesus, just All going right. through their form at the moment. Awful. All right, but okay. But so... anyway, with it, they're there, aren't they? Well, we new, can new be manager Wagner. Sometimes you bring a, a manager in, like Corcoran's done at West Brom, got them playing straight away in a way that they want, and all the rest of it like that. Other times, a new manager can come in with the different ideas and all the rest of it, and the team have to adapt to the way they're mm. playing. They are an annoying team in the sense that the parachute payments, more probably more than any club I can think of, enables them to keep their Premiership squad mm. together, add one or two, and then go straight up again, and then just bounce between the two divisions. So yeah. they just annoy me on that basis. But they're down in tenth. Right. Yeah. yeah I think, okay. right. Apologies, yeah. Right. Neil. My 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 sport my sports mole uh, uh, championship table hasn't updated because of the Millwall Sunderland game, which took them both above them, didn't they? Sorry about that. Mm. Ian, go on. You said you said no. Is a game. You you agree it's a game we can win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've we've got to start winning games, particularly okay. home games. Right. Okay. I mean, so Norwich's record of, away is good. They've picked up four wins from their last six, but they lost the other two. Now, our home record is dreadful. Take out the cup games is dreadful. And we've won one out of the last six. Mm. Drew two, lost three. So you would say, what's a likely result? 
given the overall, that's home and away form of the club. And you might say, well, sounds like it could be a draw, really. Bristol City are playing it, playing a bit better. Norwich aren't in great form, um, but they've got they've had their uh, they've got the new manager David Wagner bounce. So, uh, but I wouldn't sit down and say, oh well, we take a point now. I mean, right. no, I mean, Christ, they're like Neil said, they're tenth in the division. They're four points above us. They're nothing okay. special. Okay. They've lost the same number of games, which is a weird thing, isn't it? They've lost the number of games Let's start being a bit... All right, let's be uber bullish. And and let's get stuck into them like we did against West Brom and beat them. All right, Ian, let me ask you this question then. And the same to you, Mark, and obviously Neil. Right, okay, so let's be bullish. Right, so we've got Norwich at home and they always seem to beat us with that pookie, right? But I'd love to put one over on them. So let's say we beat them. Yeah. Then we got... And we got we got home to Wigan, right? Yeah. Beat them. We should we should win, and then it's away to Sunderland. Sunderland have twelve home kickoff. To Hull. Just lost just lost Ross Stewart for the rest of the season. Yeah, go on. And then is it home to? That's right. Home Saturday the twenty fifth of February. Home to Hull. Then it's the which is winnable. Let's assume right because somebody picking up on a thread that's on here. You can get twenty to one to get us on the playoffs, right? Okay, now, if we win, as you say, we beat Norwich, right? And then we're three points behind them. And then we beat Wigan, right? We need, how many points do you think it needs us to get up? Uh, The team in sixth, what was sixth? Number of points this season, Ian? 70, somewhere between 70 and 76. Okay, but, you know, okay, but if it's at the bottom end of that, let's call it 71, right? We've got 17 games to go. And yeah. a sequence of eleven four two would get us there. So taking your bullish view that oh we can beat Norwich, right? And we all know because you alerted us to it that the last five games of the season are horrible in terms of fixtures. The, what the last we, six we... we've got we've got four stinkers in there, but we've also got a winnable game, Rotherham at home, mm. and QPR away. And QPR yeah. since they played so well against us but lost their manager, they've been. I wouldn't say they've been in free fall, but they haven't been going well. They've been doing well. All right, but at what at what point do you look up? Because you've just said, you know, we're going to be. You you said we got a good chunk. We should not. We should beat Norwich, but we there's no reason why we shouldn't beat Norwich, and yeah. we ought to beat Wigan. That's the setup yeah. that's coming. So that would bring yeah. us up to forty two points with fifteen games left. Well, if we win yeah. the next three, we'll two, have three. we'll have forty five points, and my. Uh, my point would be, if we do that, we can start looking up the table instead of looking over our shoulder, because currently we're nine points clear of the bottom three, right? right. So we, we, it's about putting, we need to do something that we haven't done under Nigel Pearson, and I'm not having a go, but we haven't won uh, three or four consecutive games. We just haven't done it. No. So that's what we need to do. And then you put clear daylight between us in relegation, then everybody can relax. Now, in order to do that, we'll have to stay, key players have to stay injury-free. Mm. Yeah, the odd knock here and there and in for a game and out for a game, yeah. But we can't be do, doing with losing, uh, you know, say we lost Naismith, Rob Atkinson and um, Matty James. Well, it's, it's different, but let's say or, we keep exactly is You know, it can change of in a course, heartbeat. But let's say we keep them fit. Right? Yeah. We don't get injuries. We get a bit of luck. 
right? Yeah. I, I looked the other day at where Hull were when they did that run that ended with them getting the playoff final. They were a good half dozen points better off after 28 games than we were. All right. So yeah. you're, you're looking for another, you're looking for another three wins on the spin. To yeah. Even entertain that possibility. Okay, that seems reasonable. I'd agree well, with you. Looking at, I'm not looking at it. Do it. You know what, what we've got to do is is win a few consecutive games. Now, right. by a few, I mean somewhere between possibly three and five. A little okay. bit like the turn round West Bromad. Now, yeah. if we if we can keep the players fit, key players fit, and if we play like we did against Brum and against West Brom, we've got every opportunity to do that. And if you look at home now with with the job that Liam Rossini's done in there, they they looked as though they were going to be one of the sides that were dead dead and buried, and and they're uh, they're it above that now. Yeah. Uh, so right. we if we can do what something similar to what they've done, so it's not you know we're not asking don't saying win every game from now to the end of the season. We're just saying put a run of wins together. Mm. That's that's what I think, and because as I said months ago on this podcast. This is an average division this season. It's going to be much, much, much more difficult next season. Just look at the clubs that are coming up and yeah. just look at the clubs that are coming down. Yeah. No, I'd agree. All right, Mark. Um, oops, I've just pulled Neil's earpiece out here. Uh, Mark, um, three more. If we were to put together three wins on the spin, on top of what we've already done, do we start to look up? Yeah, but we 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 need to to be uh, to be great on the discipline front, and we got to face the fact that we're going to lose Alex Scott for a game, of two games. If he gets booked in the next few games, I think he'd have to wait until March, wouldn't he? Uh, perhaps the end of March, April. Yeah. I think there's a moratorium then uh, on on ten bookings, and the slate's wiped quite clean, maybe or or maybe not. Somebody can correct me. So mm. we can miss him. We don't know Naismith. They're going to monitor his calf this week. I think we're short in the middle of we're short in the middle of the pitch, and that's where we we need to be yeah, strong. I think we got. Yeah. I think yeah, if we yeah, carry on, we'll finish comfortably mid table, and I think that'll be good considering the uh, to build for next the, season. The, yeah, to oh. build for next season, albeit. Possibly without without Alex Scott, and we will have to bring up uh, one of the other young gems from the uh, from the academy and use you know invest the money wisely. We won't be spending huge chunks of it, but yeah, let's 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 you know put some put some runs of wins together. But I just don't think there's a depth in the squad to mount a challenge. I'd Fair love enough. to be surprised. No, we're trying, but to let's be... just be braver on the ball, play through the phrases, do what we did last week which has played front foot football. And that is the best football I've seen us play for, for months, the last couple of years. It was great to watch, but not every team's going to play a high line like West Brom. No. Uh, so no. that, you know, that's the way and we Well, we'll see how well we do against, we say, the better sides. Um, uh, and what have you, and Steve has said on the, the text feed on the, on, on the Podbean platform, top 10 or 12 would be great whilst we snatch the world bill, wage bill, develop some home talent. But he says, starting to build a squad, moving forwards, it would be a great season. Absolutely right there, Steve. Um, uh, Neil, Neil, we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves thinking, because <laughs> hey, I mean, we're, yeah, we're a knee-jerk okay. reaction here. It's complete, you know. Well, yeah. I'm trying not to be one win, great, look it up. One loss down. Let, let's be sort of balanced, I think, in, in the approach. Uh, I just wonder where Ian and Mark Nigel... have highlighted well yesterday that it wasn't the consummate performance. No. You know, there are there are there are fine lines between um, 
you know, in this division. Uh, it's rare that you get a game that you win by two, three clear yeah. goals. It's always sort of a one goal. The main thing for me yesterday was to win rather than draw. Getting 2 nil up, if they'd have come back and we'd only gone away with a point yesterday, that would have been gutting. Annoying. Annoying. And because wins, I mean, before yesterday, said it's two wins in 12 yeah. in the league. You know, so yeah. wins in the league is the main priority. The cup, yeah. fantastic. Great for everybody to look forward to. Great unexpected money that comes into the club, exposure potentially a platform for some of our players to expose themselves on a national stage. Well, I hope not. <laughs> Let, let's, let's, expose, let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's be Phraseology. honest. Let's be honest Put with Put their skills Scott. on display. Let's be honest with Alex Scott. I mean, you know, he's a fantastic talent. And, um, you know, I, it, the likelihood is that he will, that we will have some decent offers for him in the summer. So let's enjoy him while we can at the end of the day. But, um, but if we sell a talent like him and we replace him with... I'll call it interesting, good players like Cornick and Mimetti were for lower money. We get even more money. You know, we're in a very good position. I'm going to check what Nigel, you know, whether Nigel's got form in the closing stages of the season because that season he kept Leicester up, which preceded the season that they uh, uh, won won the title because he left that summer. I wonder whether he's done a 15-match sequence at the end with maybe one. Yeah, he had a hell of a run with Leicester at the end of the season. That's the only reason they stayed up. Yeah, so he, and he, and he might have a bit of form there. <laughs> and look, I mean, you know, we'd have a bit of momentum. My only worry, my only worry is, and it's just reflecting back on yesterday's game, that uh, Thomas Callas did come on and, yes, he did some powerful headed clearances, but for the very closing stages of that game, we went back to a... Uh, we went back to a... Uh, Five, somebody correct me here, but I think we did. No, we with did. Callas, yeah. yeah, with Callas, uh, Viner in the middle, and Atkinson, and then obviously Pring, wing back, and Sykes was the one who dropped back. And you could say, well, that was the right way to play out the game. But I just hope, I you know, that the, the way we've played is because we've switched to that four three three. Well, I think I think the Naismith injury uh, in very well highlighted earlier on Naismith when you see him and you break him down, what he's bringing into the midfield, he's bringing in the tackling element into the midfield that perhaps yeah. James doesn't sort of bring. But he also has the ability to turn the ball around quickly mm. and to do the passes through. Yeah. yeah, not all of them all come up, but he does turn around the ball all and right. those three passes quite quickly. And I think we will miss that if he's uh, out for any prolonged period of time. I mean, I think I think the thing as well, if we have this good sequence coming up and then let's say you know we draw a Sunderland and we beat Hull, which is winning four out of the next five, I think, yeah. Mm. And then we got the Man City game, which is quickly followed on the Saturday mm. by Cardiff away. And, you know, if we do have that run of game, that, that sequence in the next four or five league games, <laughs> beating Man City would be great, but we don't want the players sort of taking their eyes off the fact that there could be a bigger prize, which two weeks ago <laughs> was sort of far from... Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm just dreaming here. I mean, again, Steve, picking up on what Steve said, the next season, really looking forward to it. If we still got Scott and what have you, and he said, I think times are really bright and entertaining terms at least, and it's time to enjoy. And I think I think you've got to agree with that, that we do appear to have turned a corner. Nigel's equaled his best ever run of eight games without defeat, because somebody corrected me. It was eight at the start of this season. You know, if we can get some against Norwich, nine, and Wigan, ten, double figure, undefeated. Uh, Mark Carter, where are you on Twitter? Uh, I wonder what Nigel's win percentage is if you take 
his second year in charge, which started February last year round to now, I think that would be far more respectable. And whilst we have been critical of him on here, the stuff that he's done is being done in a planned and measured way and everything like that, which all goes well uh, for the yeah, future. Hang, hang on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're talking about... you. <laughs> It's it's like it's a little bit like when people say, "Well, trusting quarantine crashed the economy." Ah, yeah, but if you take it from a point where the economy was at an all-time low, we actually grew. Well, yeah, we, we'd have to, wouldn't we? No, you can't make up. You can't make up stats. You've got to look at if you look at Pearson's overall record, it's still poor, right? And I've got it in front of me if you want it, but I've done it ad nauseum. If you look at his record this year, it's still quite well. I say average to poor so that's why i'm saying we've got to win these games because this is an average division and with the ability that we've got in the team we should be able to so be before we all start congratulating ourselves patting ourselves on the back and 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 uh circle jerking in the winterstoke road car park just look at the actual facts let's go down if we can beat norwich next week and play like we did against west brom then i'm going to start thinking yeah wow we can do something here and we can still do something because the division's so tight. There's people say, yeah. yeah, we don't be negative. I'm not being negative. I'm saying win games and get up the table yeah. and get in the playoffs. Yeah. Do that. If, if yeah. oh, well, yeah, but no, well, we're Bristol City. We don't, we don't want to go too fast. We don't well, no, that's what Mark Ashton, that's what Mark Ashton be, said. Yeah. Wouldn't it be bloody terrible if we got in the Premier League? Oh my God, I'd yeah. stop going. Yeah. Wouldn't it be terrible if we got in the Premier League? Why don't we start thinking? You know, look at the look at the changing atmosphere since um, a lot of the singing chaps have gone into um, block the old block A of the Dolmen. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. You know, let's raise the let's raise the roof down yeah. there. Let's make Ashton Gate a fortress. Come on, let's do yeah. that instead of I think- oh well, you yeah, but you've got to wait because we're Bristol City. I mean, Bournemouth didn't wait. They just no. stormed from the bloody third division to the Premier League. Well, they did. And, they did. And stayed I mean, there for five years. I mean, why can't I, think, we, look, I agree with what you said. Why can't look, we do that? What you say What's about we're looking people? at sequences of fixtures. But if somebody joins a company, and, you know, you've probably been there yourself. You join a company, right? And because the company is in a shitty state, yeah? And the first year you're there, it continues to be in a shitty state because it's in a shitty state and you're doing stuff and you're putting it right. And then in year two, right, you're getting better. And you'd be saying to your, you'd be saying to your boss when it came to your bonus at the end of year two, you'd be saying, yeah, but it was, it was shit back then. And if you look at this year over the two years, I'm just trying to play a slightly more balanced view is, and as somebody said on here, you know, Steve, again, Steve, you know, some good comments from you on the post. What about the overall job he's done? He has had to do, a rebuilding job in a whole manner of areas. So we've done a reset, right? And let's look at things over the more recent past because what preceded it was shit. I, th- I think 90% of chief executive chairmen, he would have gone by now. Yeah. I th- I, He'd have know. gone at Christmas time, wouldn't he? Well, he, well look at the Colo Torre. The third longest, isn't he? The third longest serving manager in a championship at the moment. Could, could even be second now, Neil, because I I think the the bloke at uh, the bloke at Swansea's toast, Russell Martin. Yeah, they lost, um, didn't they? Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, it, 
if Pearson, let, let, let's say this season we're safe and we're in the championship and he's brought in 14 signings already. Some of them are already gone. But let's say in the summer we have a, a bit of a reset. It's not going to be a huge reset unless people like Max O'Leary and Zach Viner leave. And why would they? Um, or we, we sell um, sell players big. I'm talking about you know selling Scotty for 25 million or something, let's say. But let's say he brings in four or five more. He's, he's then got 20 of his own players. That's almost two teams. All right. So at that point, you can say, right, this is my squad, my team, and we're really this season, we're go- we're going to go for it, right? We want to get promoted. Yeah. Right. Now then, if he does, he's proved his point, and he can say, well, thank God, Steve Lansdowne didn't get rid of me, um, because look where we are now, and and look, at, we've got a proper club. It's making money. It's established. And look, we're, we're now going to go into yeah. the Premier League on an even footing or something like that. And please God, that happens in my lifetime. Yeah. Right? But but it, it, you've got to go from what you can only go from where you are. Now, you can say, are we going to do better than we did last year? Well, you with the time in the season left, you're, you're hoping we can do better than 17, 18, aren't you? Right now. And that would be an improvement. And if you and said yeah, to so me, what if we finished 16th, it had been improvement. But then it's a question of how much of an improvement. And I know it's been done against the background of cost cutting and all the rest of it. But we we need to we need to keep that momentum going. And yeah. we've, my only fear at the moment is that we have got a small squad and we have got to keep key players fit, Naismith being one of them. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right there. Look, I mean, it's good times. It's good times. And thanks to everybody who's uh, listened uh, well, it's today. Better, it's better times. Better times. Yeah. I'm not sure it's good times. Yeah, it's better. That's no, you're right. right. That's right. Better yeah. times. Better times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. very, very briefly, I'll put my two pen in. And, and, and Ian's right. The whole of the whole of Pearson's reign has been. We set our expectations very low, and mm. we couldn't. They couldn't have been made much lower. Because we bobbed along like a submarine way down beneath the surface, and the form has been pretty poor. It's picked up. We got we got players off the wage bill now, so there's no reason. Uh, well, we can't improve. And I think the the great thing for me is that the players that we bringing in players through the academy that have uh, that have you know that have done very well. Tommy Conway has been was the a breakout star of this season we fought then he got injured then Sam Bell if he continues this form yeah. and, and a natural finisher then we there's no reason why now that Nigel Pearson and the city side can step on and finish comfortably mid-table and I think yeah. most fans would be satisfied with that totally totally no they they totally would all right um when you said bobbing along like a submarine for some bizarre reason then Mark I thought of that not yellow submarine but I thought of that other Beatles uh, song of the era, the Octopus's Garden. If you can remember that one, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. That won't be our. That won't be our theme. That won't be our theme music. Uh, look, <laughs> thanks to everybody who's listening and our regular cohort of uh, downloaders through the week. Really encouraging uh, what we're getting. So thanks a lot for that. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll be back uh, recording uh, on Sunday morning next week, reflecting on Norwich City away. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Home. And uh, home. Ian, Mark, I'm going to be home. Yeah. I'm gonna God be bless everybody. Norwich home. home. You yeah, can bye go bye to Cameron Road. If you want. God bless us, everyone. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye.
What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bob bob bobbing along. When the red red robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along.